Welcome to the South Metro Ministries podcast. Here's this week's message from Pastor Alan Matura. Before I bring this message to you, I want to announce to you the theme for this church for next year. I'll begin a series of sermons in January on this theme. But way back in October, I began to pray and seek God about what do you want for South Metro Ministries from me, from all of us, 2014. We've finished the building. We are still, of course, have the mortgage to pay. You've answered our prayers. We've gotten the facilities taking care of us. The Lord gave me two words that He wants for us this next year. All in. We're going to be all in to Jesus next year. I'm not interested in breaking a tithe record or attendance record. I'm interested in being all into the Word, all into prayer, all into the Holy Ghost, all into forgiveness. Did anybody hear me? I'm interested in being all into reading my Bible and learning Jesus and having Him revolutionize my life. So next year, if anybody says, do your church have a vision statement or a mission statement? Tell them yes. It's all in. Are you all in for Jesus? I'll preach more about it another time, but today I want to use where the Spirit led me in 1 Thessalonians 5, beginning at verse 14, please. Paul writing, and he says, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, King James says feeble-minded, uphold the weak, be patient with all. That's good advice, isn't it? See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. It gets better. Rejoice always. It even gets better. Pray without ceasing. Here we go. In everything, give thanks, because giving thanks is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Can I get an amen? And he closes with this blessing and admonition in verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to speak to you this morning on not New Year's resolutions. I want to speak to you on New Year's revolutions. You take one letter out of the word resolution and you insert the letter V. You substitute the word, the letter S in resolution with the letter V and you have a completely different meaning. Stretch your hands this way. Ask the Holy Spirit to anoint me and make your time here, his time of teaching us and stretching us. Come on, can you pray for me? Would you do so now? Father, in the name of Jesus, I need the power of God. I, I've preached one service and that anointing was for then, but I want a fresh anointing. Come on, I want this church to have a fresh anointing. I want to be all into the word with the people of God. There are people here, God, who are better educated than I am. There are people here, oh God, who have uh, uh, other kinds of skills and abilities that I don't have. I thank you for them. But you have chosen me somehow, God, in spite of what you knew about me, to revolutionize my life. And I want to be your servant. I want all of us to be your servant as we receive your word. Revolutionize us. 
Everybody say amen. Amen. amen it is. And you may be seated in his presence. Many people are making and will make, I have, some New Year's resolutions. You know what they are. You've done them and it's a good thing. People will promise themselves that they will lose weight because they want to be more healthy. They'll stop smoking if they're smoking and it's disadvantageous to their health, obviously, and testimony. A promise to go to church or do something of that nature in a resolution. Here's how Webster defines the word resolution, New Year's resolution. A, a resolving or determining, deciding. B, the thing determined upon, decision, as to future action, or resolve. Now that sounds good. And it makes people like myself feel better when I make a promise to do something and be better out of it or to stop something I'm doing that's not good for me. However, the problem with resolutions is that they tend to be forgotten within a few days. They tend to be forgotten within a few weeks and by March, you've invested all that money in a gym to go exercise and you ain't been in the last month. And go ahead and laugh because I've done the same thing. Resolutions are good. But for the most part, they're not kept. In truth, what we really need, church, is a revolution. Here's Webster's definition of revolution. I'll read you follow. A. A complete or radical change of any kind. For example, overthrow of a government, form of government, or social system by those governed, and usually by forceful means, with another government or system taking its place. That's kind of what's taking place in the civil war in Syria. A revolution. That's how Idi Amin got out of power because of his cruel brutality in Uganda. That's how other people who were tired of oppression changed their society. I'm not advocating violence, I'm just defining revolution. For us this morning, I want you to look at the first part of that definition, a complete or radical change of any kind. In my way of thinking about my life and the people that I shepherd and pastor, In my way of thinking, this is exactly what I and most Christians need to have happen in our lives. We need a radical change in the way we think and act and live in 2014. You go ahead and say amen, it won't scare me. What I'm saying is we need a revolution, not just in the church of God or the assembly of God or Baptist church or Episcopal church or Catholic church or whatever other church we need a revolution in the whole body of Christ. And I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about dethroning Jesus. Nobody can dethrone Jesus. I'm not talking about a coup d'etat where we secretly come and take power militarily. What I'm talking about is where we dethrone self from our heart and pride and idol, idols of money and lust and power and titles. And 
making family our God. Come on, help me preach here. We need to dethrone those things from our heart and put the Lord Jesus Christ because the Bible says if Jesus is lifted up, he will draw all men unto him. The Bible says in Matthew 6 and 33 about a revolution for us. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto you. Can I get an amen or somebody help me praise the Lord? So we're going to look at these verses of scripture in Thessalonians where Paul writes to the church. And he helps us to understand God's intent for every child of God. Every day and every year, but especially as we roll over into the next year. I want to notice with you some New Year's revolutions that we need to make starting today. Number one is a revolution in our worship. Can I get an amen? I want you you and I to face it. Often our worship experience is less than it ought to be. And the fault of that doesn't lie with Jesus. Because... Pastor Trey already told us God's already singing over us whether you sing to him or not. I feel a whoop glory coming on. I'm saying to you that the angels in heaven are already singing whether you sing or not. The four and twenty elders are bowing around at the throne of God every day casting their crowns before him crying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Whether you're singing or not, he's he's already uh, being praised and he's not asking you to praise him because he's got this huge ego. He's asking you to praise him because when you praise him and you rejoice in him, that's when your power and anointing and glory comes. Somebody help me praise the Lord. You know, we're not ashamed publicly to root for our favorite team or wear their ring or wear their t-shirt. Come on, help me pray, preach this word. Uh, we're not ashamed publicly to say that we like this kind of car, we like this kind of house, or we wear this kind of clothes. We're not ashamed publicly to hurrah and celebrate and, and do all kind of stuff out for the secular. But when it comes to church and the choir is singing and Floyd is singing about, about how much he loves us and the Spirit of God moves and, and some folks are just petrified. You know, it's like they're going to the church of the Frigidaire. You don't have people who, who don't come back to our church because it's not their style. They, they go to a church that is still and deep. And so is a cemetery. Have you been? Preach on, pastor. Thank you for your encouragement. We, we don't believe in that raising of hands and clapping of hands and, 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 and some of that speaking in tongues. Let me, let me tell you something, friends. If it ain't in the Bible, we ain't going to be doing it, okay? And when we do it, it's going to be according to the Bible. But it ain't your style is a lousy excuse for you not to praise God. Because you've had to change your style for other things because it helped you. It ain't your style to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and go to work for 5 o'clock. But you like getting a paycheck so you change your style. It ain't your style to eat broccoli and zucchini and squash, but your blood pressure's up because you're like me. You're eating all the nana pudding and all the cookies and all the stuff, and you have to change your style because you want your cholesterol to be right. How about you get out of your comfort zone every once in a while and praise God because God inhabits the praise of His children. Come on and praise Him, somebody. Put it on the screen. I I want you to know that there should be praise. Look at verse number 16. Rejoice always. That means literally to have a praise in your heart all the time. The church is way behind in praising God, but way ahead in complaining. Go ahead. Say amen or oh me. 
And yet the Bible tells us that we ought to praise God, whether we feel like it or not. You go to work whether you feel like it or not. You take your medicine whether you feel like it or not. You say yes sir, yes ma'am to your superior whether you feel like it or not. Wishing you were Iron Man so you could zap them. And that's not my staff because they don't wish that. Can I get a witness? Hebrews, write this reference down. It won't be in the screen. Hebrews 13 15. Therefore by him, meaning God. Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. I don't always feel like praising God. I don't always feel a whoop glory. I especially didn't feel it for about seven, eight, nine weeks when I was under the attack of oppression and depression and anxiety and panic and couldn't be in the pulpit for seven weeks or in a church anywhere because I can't show you where is a surgery on my arm where I was sick and I can't show you a cast I saved where I had a broken bone to tell you I was sick. It was all up here. You're looking at a guy who likes life and vitality, a, a Pentecostal preacher of all things. But we were in a $6.6 million billing program and I took on the stress and the worry and I allowed some other things to go in my life regarding my health and my exercise and eating right. And I was attacked and taken advantage by the enemy. Do you think I felt like saying, praise God? But do you know what happens? I had to sacrifice one anyhow. Can I get an Amen. I remembered I've been in other places where I thought I was going to die and I went ahead and praised God anyhow. I went to church and came on anyhow. I gave my tithe and offering anyhow. I forgive anyhow. I read the Bible and recited some verses anyhow. And I won't tell you, you don't have to praise God long before something drops down in your soul called the Holy Spirit and it helps you to praise God. And the next thing you know, you're singing like an angel. You're getting a, a, a Kleenex and wiping your tears and you're mourning is turning to laughter and your ashes is turning to beauty and you get something in your shoes beside your feet because when you praise God sacrificially God shows up every time here's another way we need a revolution there should be a revolution in our prayer life in 2014 look at verse number 17 pray without ceasing God isn't saying that we ought to walk around all day long just talking to him but he is saying that we are to leave the receiver off the hook from our phone, the receiver off the hook, and be in an attitude of prayer. Sometimes in my office at home or otherwise, especially driving in the car, I'll use that Bluetooth feature where I can speak to people without holding the phone. Because it's terribly dangerous to drive while texting and even while holding a phone. Can I get a witness? Okay? So the fact of the matter is, I, I will put the speakerphone on, or I'll keep it off the hook so I can keep the conversation going. Even my office, I'll put a speaker on. And God is not saying pray without ceasing, meaning every 24 hours a day, oh, you got to put on a little cape and a, a little hat on your head and you got to walk around and you got to measure the this and that, carry a little cross with you. And, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not against anybody who does that. And, and please don't, don't misunderstand, that's a calling and that's a certain uh, lifestyle for some people that God's called them to, to be eunuchs or whatever, okay? But what I'm saying is, you got a job you got to go to, and you got kids you got to raise, and you you, you got to take care of, of of your body, and you got to different places to be. But you you just you when you have your prayer in the morning, you don't say amen and don't pray anymore because you don't know what the devil has for your path during all day long. So if you stay close to God, pray without ceasing, you won't have to reintroduce yourself by saying, "Well, Lord, the last time I prayed was when my mother died in 1999, and I need you now." 
And then you have to give God your social security number. You have to give him your PIN number. You have to give him your credit for him to figure out who you are. Not that he needs it. But you don't have to reintroduce yourself to God if you are praying without ceasing. All you got to say is, God, this is Alan. And I know there's probably a hundred thousand Alans in this world. But when I say, God, this is Alan, then God knows exactly which Alan it is. And when I pray, he keeps the phone off the hook and he says, talk to me all you want. Somebody help me praise him for that. Praying without ceasing is like having an intermittent cough. I've been taking some cough medicine the last couple of weeks because I've had some drainage. I don't have fever, but I have this little uh, trickling and tickling in the back of my throat. It's an intermittent cough. I'm not coughing all the time, but there's a cough waiting. Like this morning, Brother Tommy, I took some NyQuil cough medicine because I knew I had to preach. I took some halls and put it in my mouth before I came up here because I don't want that tickle. But after I took the NyQuil medicine, two tablespoons, I looked at the label. It says nighttime medicine. So if I fall asleep doing this message, please don't wake me up. Do me a favor because I don't wake you up while you're sleeping in my message. Now go ahead. Go ahead and laugh. It won't hurt your face. Like an intermittent, prayer is like an intermittent cough. You always got one coming up. Can I get an amen? You always got one for your mother, your father, your brother. You always got one saying, I rebuke you devil in the name of Jesus. Here's another way. You see, the way prayer works is what Jesus said in Matthew 21 and 22. Write that reference down because you'll need it in 2014. Matthew 21, 22. Jesus said, and whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. There's a third way we need to revolutionize our worship. There should be thanksgiving. Look at the text, verse number 18. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything. You know what everything means in the Greek? Yes, you're right. Everything means everything. Now, I say that to tell you that sometimes we come to church and I love the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, ye creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Everybody. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. That's a beautiful way of praising God. But that don't mean when you sing the doxology and leave, that's all you do is praise God then. In everything. It wasn't God's will for me to have panic attack and anxiety and fear, but it was the devil's will to put me out of business. So I praised him anyhow. I heard Joyce Meyer say, do it through your fear. Can I get an amen? And I started listening to preachers who went through anxiety and panic and depression. I got their material. I got their, I got their sermon. I got series of sermons. I, I, got me, I, bought, I bought myself some Christmas presents. That ain't the only thing I bought. I bought me some good T.D. Jakes Christmas present. I'm going to be preaching some of his stuff and I ain't going to tell you all. And I'll send him some of mine if he, if he needs a little help. Just, just kidding. I, I love Crest Flodala. I love Joyce Myers. I, 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 love, uh, I, I love Bishop uh, Charles out in, in Los Angeles. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I, I like, but there, it's not God's will. When I hear these people, I want to be like T.D. Jakes. I want to be like Billy Graham. I, I want to be like uh, Joyce Myers. 
Let me tell you something. The only way you're ready to be like any of them is if you're willing to have gone through the stuff that they went through to get where they are. Because many are the afflictions of the righteous. But God will deliver him out of them. You know why we are where we are at this level? Because the devil knew that if Alan Matura could build this church, I did not want to be in debt. I am not trying to build a mega church. I wanted, the devil knew if we built another church, the vision would continue. And we'd have people like you, red, yellow, black, white, brown. That's been my vision, okay? Because I married a white girl. And that's not her fault. I like her. All right? The reason why you're sitting here with blacks beside you and white beside you and Hispanic beside you and Asian beside you is because you don't give a rip the color of each other's skin. You give thanks to God that you're saved anyhow. Come on and somebody help me praise the Lord. In everything. You, I, I, the Bible says in Romans 8 and 28. And write that down. You'll need it. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to this purpose. It's not good that four-year-old Karis Bembry is suffering from a brain tumor and has to have chemotherapy and radiation and her parents may be here. I don't know if Deidre and Trey is in this service. If you are, would you wave at me? Because they're caring for their daughter. It's not good that six-year-old Riley who sang last Sunday on this stage is suffering with cancer. How could good come out of that? I received a phone call on Christmas Day. 48-year-old man whose uncle and aunt attends this church, 48 years old, Suffered from a skiing accident last year. Vertebrae's back, disc shattered. His pain was incessant. And on Christmas Day, he took his life. Pastor Darrell was at the funeral home Friday. I was at the funeral home last night. Two different services. How could any good come out of that? And what the devil wants you to do is camp out there and say, where is God? Blame God. I'll tell you where God was and God is. Just where he was when he allowed his son to be crucified on the cross without interrupting our salvation. Had God, when Jesus cried out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Had God sent down 10,000 angels to interrupt the crucifixion, we'd never be saved. So sometimes God will let you go through something. I'm going to tell you this, and you may not recognize it, and I'm not trying to get points, but I know better now about somebody who goes through depression, panic, and anxiety. You will get my attention more than you ever will, okay? Because I, I've been there, done that, bought the T-shirt, and left there. Now, I told my doctor this week, I said, last week I called my psychiatrist. You know, God's got a sense of humor. Because I thought I knew about depression. Before I had it, I'd say, sing a song, read a verse of scripture, change the atmosphere, till I got depressed. I didn't know you had to sing the whole song book and read the whole Bible 15 times for you to get happy. You know, some of us don't know what we're talking about. We're talking like if we've been there. Not somebody say, he's talking to you. No, 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 no. And the Lord said, I went to my regular doctor. Now, some of you have already heard this, okay? So please just say, our pastors, I'm not trying to exploit it. We've got visitors. I'm just trying to tell you how, how everything isn't good. But you praise God anyhow. 
So, so I, I went to my chiropractor, Dr. Matt Davis, for help. I've never been to a chiropractor before. I went to my medical doctor, put me on medications, and he meant well, but the medications was having a worse effect on me, side effects. He said to me, Alan, I can't do any more for you. I'm not, a, I'm not an expert. You need to go to a psychiatrist. I'm thinking, whoa, 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 whoa. Charlie Brown is the only one who goes to Lucy for five cents and gets count. I'm not going to, I'm a Pentecostal preacher. I go to the psychiatrist, Dr. Sheila Cannon, a beautiful African-American female who loves the Lord. And she started preaching to me about what the Bible says. And I'm thinking, okay, God, I get the message. <laughs> I, 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 I was on medication for a while. I went to my counselor here at the church for months. Because God sometimes says, I want you, I want you to go through, be, be where I was and feel where I, I've been. That's why Jesus was born in a stable that stank and smelled like dung instead of a palace because he knows where you are when you are in your stable and when you are down and when life is out. But if you'll give thanks, and, can somebody say amen? And I am trying to hurry, but listen to me. I, I'm saying to you that in everything, I, t- I called the psychiatrist and I said, ma'am, I forget to take my medicine sometimes. I had a problem with sleeping. And lately, Valerie, before I even take any medicine, to just she has to wake me up. She's taking my picture while I was dozed off, falling on the couch like this. And the, the, the psychiatrist says, no, Pastor, I want you to stay on it uh, uh, for a little bit longer because of, uh, I know, I said, I said, you're the doctor. I'm listening to you. Let me tell you this about me. If you knew about me before, you knew I was already crazy. I'm just at a higher level of crazy now. I could give a rip whether you think I'm good or bad or, 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 or whether I'm the Iron Man or Jelly Man. I, I, I don't care anymore. I'm going to praise God anyhow because I know where I've been and what I came through and what the devil tried to do. So I don't care whether the devil likes it or anybody else. I am going to give God the glory. Let me, let me show you something else real quick. I won't finish this sermon, but I'll get as far as I can. Look at what verse number, verse number 19 says. Do not quench the Spirit of God. That means do not stifle or extinguish the Spirit of God. God will tell you to forgive somebody. That doesn't come from the devil. That comes from God. Do it. When you got saved, the devil moved out and God moved in. Can I get an Amen. And when God moved in, He is a, a, a triune God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost moved in you. So I'm trying to tell you that when He says to you, the devil says, go take another drink after you got saved. Or go snort another time. Or shoot it up in your vein. Or, or have promiscuous sex like you used to have before, uh, before you got saved. And then the Holy Spirit says, no, don't go there. Don't touch that. Don't go near those people. Don't quench that spirit. The thing that's keeping you out of sin and temptation and lust and, and hate and bitterness is the Holy Spirit saying, forgive. But pastor, you don't know what they've done. And you're absolutely right. And now it's my turn to get even with them. Do not quench the spirit. Forgive anyhow. Can I get an amen? God will say, give an offering. Give a tithe. Give somebody ringing a bell for the Salvation Army. Give a widow. Give an orphan. Do something. Go, go bake a cake and take and bless somebody. Visit the, visit the homeless. Visit somebody or minister to the homeless. Go to the nursing home with the ministry here. Go to the prison ministry. It's the spirit of God. While we're preaching and the Spirit is moving and the pastor gives the altar call, don't hold on to the back of your seat or sit down still. When the Lord says, that's you, that's time for you to say, yes, Lord. Give the Lord a praise. Let me show you something else very quick. Verse number 20. Be open to the Word of God. Openness means despise. Do not despise prophecies. Despise means do not resist it. 
Do not make it of no account. This is the word of God. I could care less about being politically correct. I want to be biblically accurate. Let me tell you, this is the world we're living in where politicians and movie stars and athletes and even some preachers are daily and weekly from the pulpit or wherever their media forum is are compromising the word of God. I could care less about Doc Dynasty, but I care about the Word of God. And if they value the Word of God, then God bless them. I've never seen even one of their shows. But if somebody stands up for the Word of God, I don't care if you're the president or you're a Doc Dynasty or you're just a regular quack. If you're standing up for the Word of God, then I'm standing with you. Do not despise the Word. But you know what politicians will do? And preachers will do? And people will do? They'll change the word to make it conform to their lifestyle. I'm preaching if you've ever heard an Indian preach. Politically correct. I am not Republican. I am not Democrat. I am not Tea Party. I am not an independent. I am a blood wash, born again, Bible believing from Genesis to, to Revelation, evangelical, Bible thumping, sometimes hollering, man of God, and I answer to God and His word alone. I wish somebody helped me praise the Lord. Give me a little more monitor up here, guys. Matter of fact, give me this one. Chris, give me this one. Somebody say amen. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, people use the Bible to make it say something it doesn't say. It's not the word of God. God wants me to leave my wife because I found another godly woman who's really spiritual and, I, and we connect. No, 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 no. Since we're going to get married, we're living together so we can save money together and save for a house and apartment. And God understands. For the last time, no. Yeah. Uh, the world says two men is all right to get married and two women's all right to get married. And God's word says one man for one woman to last lifetime. Love the homosexuals. Love the lesbians. Love the adulterers and fornicators and hypocrites. And if you are a lesbian, a homosexual, or an adulterer, or a fornicator, or a drug user, you're looking for Jesus, you come right in this church every time. If you slept around with somebody other than your wife or, or stepped out of marriage last night, you get it right today. Okay? Does those kind of people go to heaven practicing that lifestyle? No. Just thought you'd want to know. And I, I, I'm not trying to, I, I'm saying to you, I love everybody and I want to be patient with everybody because, because I ain't got enough fingers and toes to count the times I sinned after I got saved. G give me the next slide. There, there needs to be a revolution in, in the way we walk. Put up the first bullet real quick here. I, I want you to understand the Bible says be compassionate to everybody. And verse number 14, if you will, of our text. It, look in your Bible. It won't be on the screen. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. Now what that means is we should show compassion to everybody. Not everybody in this service are on the same level of spirituality and maturity like others are. Can I get an amen, church? Put it, put it up on the screen. Warn the unruly means warn those who are out of rank. They're not marching and keeping with the word of God. 
There are rules. And I'm, I'm not saying you, you be legalistic. There are rules, rules, rules. We, uh, we are a nation of rules. We are a society of rules. God has certain rules and he says if you keep them, you'll be blessed. Like he told Adam and Eve in the garden, you could eat of every other tree and fruit in the garden except the one tree because in the day you eat of that forbidden tree, you shall die. They broke the rules and man has been dying ever since. There's a rule. There's a reason why they have 65 miles an hour on the highway or 55. And if it's 55, 65 miles an hour, I'll set my cruise at 70 miles an hour if it's 65. Because somebody told me the police will let you go if they're doing five. But if I see him on the hill, buddy, I'm backing down real nice. Back to 65. When I get out of sight, I'm back up to resume. You're laughing because you do the same thing. There are rules in your house. You tell your, your child or your, your, your grown kids especially, you're welcome here. But you're not going to sleep with that gal unmarried in the same bedroom in my house. You're not going to bring your alcohol or your drugs in this house. I love you, son. Uh, if your son has a boyfriend or your daughter has a girlfriend, I love you and I'll always love you. But I want you to know in the name of the Lord that the Lord loves you more than I do. And you are my child and will always be. You don't have to be hard and legalistic and run them off. Can I get an amen? But the point of it is, is I want you to understand that we are, we are going to give an account. All of us are going to give an account before God when he gave us the opportunity to be a witness and we were not. Let me show you something else. Comfort the feeble-minded. That would be all of us. Go ahead and laugh or say amen. The faint-hearted. The, this expression about comforting the faint-hearted or feeble-minded has nothing to do with your mental condition. It refers to those who are weak in their faith. Those who seem to be blown off course with everything that comes along. They're, they're quitters in the family of God. Put the next one up. It, it means comfort the feeble-minded, feeble faint-hearted, support the weak. Put the other one up. Be patient with all men. What are you saying, pastor? I'm saying that not everybody's on the same spiritual level that you are. So if you find that they're absent from church, give them a call and love on them. If they're out of your small group, come to the music if you will, my, my brother. If they're out of your small group, you call them. If they slipped off the track, so to speak, and they're not in your Bible study, help them, support them, be patient with them. Can I get an amen here? There's another thought. Put, put it on the screen if you will. There should be compassion toward everyone. There should be forgiveness toward everyone. Hear me when I tell you this. I don't want any of our teenage girls to get pregnant out of wedlock in 2014. But if they do and they're pregnant, we're not supposed to come like the man who drugged the woman caught in adultery by the hair and brought her to Jesus and said, according to the law, she should be stoned to death. What do you say? Jesus said, which one of you without sin? Let him cast the first stone. We ought to be compassionate and love and save the baby and save the mama. I'm not giving you license to sin. If you find somebody that, well, I, I always knew. They came to church about three months, but they're back into drugs. They're back into alcohol. They're back into pornography. Be patient. Be compassionate. Be forgiving. Be discerning. Can I get an amen, somebody? I told you about a revolution in our worship, a revolution in our walk, and then I'll close with this, a revolution in our witness. Let me tell you something. I've learned this more. The, more, the larger our church is, the more 
I don't get to meet everybody personally. So that's why Valerie and I begin going at the back of the church at the end of every service, both services, to greet you, especially our visitors, not because we think we need our ego pumped. But you'd be amazed where I see people that I don't know, but they've seen me. And I told you guys, if that's the way it is, and you preachers know, you got to behave everywhere you are. We were in Niagara Falls a few years ago when we took our kids on vacation. And two Georgia preachers were up there. I'm not looking to behave bad, but you know what? People, I went for a colonoscopy three weeks ago. And they take off your regular clothes and put this robe on you that's designed by Dr. Seymour Heine. I'm in there. My wife is there. And the lady nurse comes and says, you're the pastor, so... I'm thinking, be real careful. You're the only Bible some people read. And if out of that mouth comes blessing and then cursing, you ain't, you got to walk the talk. Turn everybody in your Bible. This closing scripture is not on the screen. I wish I'd put it. Maybe they have. First Peter 2 and 9. Everybody turn in your Bible. The first Peter 2. Here it is on the screen. In the name of Jesus. Stand to your feet after you found it or while you find it. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Bring your praise team on, my brother. Everybody okay? Yeah, yeah. It's not even 1230. You're going to go home and eat all that extra leftover cake and candy. and Yeah, we're fine. This, this, this business about your witness. You're not just an ordinary person. You are a child of God. You got to be careful. If you make a loan, pay it back. Do your best. If you can't pay it back, ask for help. But that's a part of your witness. Can I get an amen? You're a witness at the bank with the teller. You're the witness at the grocery store. You get mad at your food because it came to you uh, not like you asked for it. And you bless God, give the waiter or waitress a piece of your mind when they didn't even cook your food. And next thing they'll come to the church on Sunday and say, Oh, that's where you go to church. That's where you pastor. I think I'll just drive on down the road. Everywhere you are, you ought to be salt and light, a witness for Jesus Christ. I don't mean you have to carry your Bible under your arm and, and quote scriptures to everybody you meet to be a witness and, and carry signs against abortion and against uh, homosexuality and shout out to people and, and scare them half to death. And I'm not against it. God told you to do that. Just don't put SMA under your sign because unless you get my permission. My point is, you're the only Bible some people ever read. And you're special to God. Look at verse 1 Peter 2 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are God's own special people. Say amen. That you may proclaim the praises of him who calls you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Everybody read it out loud together. And I mean out loud. Here we go. But you are a, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. His own special people. Louder. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's what your revolution should be for 2014.
Bow your heads. Prayer team, elders, staff, come to the altar to prepare to pray with the people of God. Now I won't keep you much longer. Heads bowed and eyes closed, please, would you? Pastor Matura, I need a revolution. I know if I were to die today, and God knows, I would miss the rapture. Oh, miss heaven. If the rapture took place today, I would also miss that. But I also know, Pastor, I've veered away from the path. I have gone back to some stuff I had given up. Sort of an undercover sinner. And God is displeased with that. I've been feeble-minded, faint-hearted, weak, and I need to come back to the Father. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I need to get saved for the first time. Oh, this is a, a rededicate my life to God as we roll into 2014. Pastor, I want a revolution from Jesus. Raise your hands very quickly. I'm not going to give more than 10 seconds. Hold it up, hold it up, keep it up. Put him down. Now everybody look at the pastor just a moment. Everybody just look. If you're like me, you want to get all in next year. I said we want to get there. I'm not lifting up myself as an icon. Don't follow me. Just follow me as I follow Jesus. You say, Pastor, I want to get more serious about my prayer life, reading the Bible, about forgiving I want a revolution in my marriage. I want a revolution with my kids. I want a revolution in my health, Pastor. I want, to, I, I want the demons to leave. I want to sleep at night. I, 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 I want to be a better pastor, a better, a better tender, a better usher, a better musician, a better choir member, a better postman, a post person, a, a better airline pilot, a better lawyer, a better doctor, a better plumber, electrician, a school teacher, a principal. I, I don't know what, what you are, but Pastor... I want, 2000, I want a revolution in 2014. I'm raising my hands. Raise yours. Raise the other one. Both your hands now. First, let's repeat the sinner's prayer for those who raised their hands earlier. Everybody repeat it out loud. Your eyes closed, but you're repeating it out loud so we don't embarrass those who raised their hands by them reciting it by themselves. Here we go, everybody. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving me another chance today. I confess I'm a sinner. I have gone astray. But by your grace, I am coming home. I believe, Jesus, that you are the Son of God. I confess you with my mouth. And I believe in you with my heart. Wash away all my sins. And live in me. Revolutionize me, Jesus. I am yours in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Come on, do it, do it. There must have been 20 hands raised for salvation or 30. Now, I want you to take a moment, 30 seconds, and pray about, you're already saved, pray about what you raised your hands for, about needing a revolution in your body, in your marriage, in your children, in your finances. As they play softly and be, bow your heads, begin to pray. But pray above a whisper, above uh, silence. Pray whisper or prayer so that you drown out your mind from dragging you away from it. Go ahead. Start praying right now. Pray a little bit louder. Oh, Lord, I need a revolution in how I think, how I act, how I behave. Come on, Lord. I want to fix other people, but I really need to fix myself. If you have the Holy Ghost and you got the gift of tongues, pray in tongues. It won't confuse God. 
everything will be in order. Come on. Mothers pray for children. Fathers pray for children. Grandparents pray for grandchildren. Husbands pray for wives and wives pray for husbands. Come on. Somebody pray, God, I want to help somebody. Come on, lift up your praise a little bit louder. The more you pray, now, 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 now raise up your hands. Now raise up your hands. Start singing, Pastor Chad, when they, when they go. Anytime you get ready. Come on, raise up your hands all over the house. Now thank him. Oh God, revolution. Oh, blessed be the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody, everybody. Give me another 30 seconds of raising your hands and saying, Thank you, Jesus. I'm revolutionized. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not leaving here like I came. Sing with them. Here we go. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit smmcog.com.